welcome to Season 2 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com, and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J. And here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively, given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health. Clients come to treatment with damaged brains. This is a given. We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life. And we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame and and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one and for yourself in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Welcome to episode 12 of season 2, which makes it the last episode of season 2 which makes it 26 episodes week after week for 26 weeks as soon as this episode makes it on air, which makes it pretty cool. It makes me grateful for the work and for the tiny little bit of good that I might be doing for those who love an addict or an alcoholic. Let's call this episode more about intervention. It is possible. When I started this podcast, some in my circle of so-called friends, uh, I love them anyway, wondered out loud, out very loud, if I might run out of stuff to talk about. I am happy to prove my doubter friends wrong, and quite honestly, ours is the only podcast I know of that is specifically designed to help those who love an addict or an alcoholic. In other words, moms, dads, siblings, spouses, anyone who cares about the addict and whose life is affected by addictive disorder. To give loved ones hope, peace of mind, and guidance on what they can and shouldn't even try to do during this confusing and painful time. That's my purpose. So you might hear on other recovery-oriented podcasts, for example, stories from people who hit their bottom 
and now live a good life. Not that that's not important to hear for those who might be tuning in to help them stay sober. I say stay sober because active alcoholics and addicts deep in their addictive state will ignore reality and go on drinking and using and, and not have the least bit interest in surrendering their old ways of thinking and being, at least not yet. I focus instead on cracking the win- window open to fresh thinking about addiction and alcoholism from the perspective of science, from the learning I and others have acquired as recovering people, and from the journey some of us took as parents or spouses of then drinking or still using addicts. Turns out that there's a whole lot to talk about. And one thing that deserves more attention is the topic of intervention, which is one of the few things you can actually do to help your loved one change his life for the better right now. In the meantime, you can stop enabling him or her. That's hard to do. I found it almost impossible, but what helped me was two sessions with a skilled addiction psychiatrist. These are MDs, psychiatrists trained in every aspect of addictive disorder. After the second session, which cost a fortune for my lack of insurance for that type of treatment at the time, I said to the good doctor, what's your bottom line, doc? His answer has stayed with me for the 20 years since I last saw him. He stated firmly and kindly, Bruno, don't let your daughter's disease steal your money or your peace of mind. That was then when I was allowing my daughter's cocaine addiction to steal my money and my peace of mind. Classic enabling. I asked for the courage to do the right painful thing at the time, to pull the rug out with a heads up that this was coming, and I stuck with my decision. No more free car or free apartment or spending money. Damn, there were some sleepless nights, but it ended well in the end with my kid checking herself into a treatment center in Austin, Texas years ago. It was an amateur's intervention could have just as easily ended up badly. The first place to start with your intervention is to have everyone who will be on your team read a book about it. A great one is called Love First, A Family's Guide to Intervention by Deborah and Jeff Jay. No relation. I mean it. If the family means to really help make the turnaround possible for your loved one, then the least they can do is to read the darn book or any guide. But you all need to read the same thing and discuss and agree on the process as described by the authors. I mentioned the word team. This only works as a group exercise. All the research shows, without a doubt, that the group is the one factor whose absence in recovery means failure, whose presence is indispensable. So you need to build your team, all the people who are significant in the alcoholics and addict's life. These are people the addict loves, respects, depends on, needs, likes, and admires. So you go down the list of names and ask people if they would like to participate in an intervention that will help the addict see the light and perhaps bring some heat so that he or she will accept treatment. That is the immediate and overriding goal. Get the loved one into treatment. Just remember that some people on this may be very skeptical in light of what they have experienced in their interactions with the alcoholic in question. They might believe that he is beyond hope. And that is, of course, a stab in the heart for you. Or they might still carry a resentment and refuse to help. This is where your patience and your love will be tested to the limit. To get enough people together, to have them educated, to have them write the letter of concern and love, and to have them share their thoughts and feelings in the spirit of compassion. That's a challenge for them, too. 
you need to do your research and identify which treatment center, which could be inpatient, an expensive but very effective option, or an intensive outpatient program, an IOP, which one is the right option for you and your loved one is the question at this point. There are also new treatment hybrids emerging, which include partial hospitalization, work or school during the day, and treatment in the evening and in the morning, and overnight in the inpatient facility. But the all-important part is to make sure that your loved one is steered to a facility now, not later, now as in as soon as we're done here now. He has a bag already packed and the odds are good he didn't do the packing, as mom did. Back to team building. If you start with the people who are very likely to want to help your inner circle and work your way out, you can use the early yeses to recruit others who might not have otherwise agreed to show up and do some work. You should also consider inviting key people at his workplace since they may have an enlightened interest in helping and may already know about his troubles whether he is still employed or not. But do not sabotage his employment unnecessarily and do not sabotage the process by asking an active addict or alcoholic to join your team. Nor should you tell your loved one or have anyone else tell them about the event ahead of time. Some family members just can't keep a secret, so those loose lips shouldn't be allowed on the ship. And Make sure you have a plausible story to tell Auntie Loose Lips why she didn't make the team. So whether you hire a professional interventionist or do it on your own, the process and the rules are essentially the same. There is the story of the alcoholic who listened intently during the intervention session, and it all went without a hitch until he was asked to accept help. Instead of agreeing, he announced to the group that he did not need help, thank you very much, and walked out cool as a cucumber. What happened was that his wife had told him about it in a fit of rage a week earlier, and he was just waiting for the moment to humiliate her. That's what alcoholics do. Hurt people who love us. Very important to know that addiction is a primary disease, not a symptom of something else. So if you invite a healthcare professional who is not firmly grounded in addictive disorder, he or she might throw the addict a lifeline, an excuse or so-called reason for his addictive behavior. If that happens, you might as well throw in the towel, trust me. I've seen well-meaning clinicians bring their own pet theories into an intervention and they blow it to smithereens. Make sure everyone on your team is on the same page, reads from the same book, or watches a video like this, which you can find on YouTube. Search Professional Alcohol Intervention by Daniel Feerst, F-E-E-R-S-T. I have no connection to Mr. Feerst. He does offer good advice and is a practicing interventionist. If an intervention is to have any chance of success, it needs total commitment, careful planning, and team building along the lines I suggested earlier, a treatment option at the ready, and even a rehearsal of the intervention. It's not uncommon for an intervention to have a detailed person chosen to manage every step of the process. The plan includes asking each participant to write a letter beforehand and read out loud about how much that person cares about the addict and how the addict's behavior has affected that person and an appeal for him to accept help today. The whole point is to have love break the resistance to accepting help. That's why we lead with love. That's why the book is called Love First, A Family's Guide to Intervention. And then there is leverage and consequences. 
The options do not include supporting his addiction further. The only option is accepting help right now. This may mean saying, as I had to do with my own kid, I want you to accept help, and I am prepared to cut you off if I have to because I have only been enabling you without realizing it. What you want to hear is, I love you guys so much, and yes, I'll go. What you fear, however, is defiance. But please realize that many interventions have a delayed effect. Why is that? Because he is now living the consequences of his defiance, and he doesn't like it. He's finally feeling the heat. So what did we learn today? One, the overriding goal of an intervention is to get the addict or alcoholic to accept help and go into treatment. Two, you will use the immense power of the group to achieve your purpose. Three, you will use the power of love, which cannot be denied and cuts through resistance and overpowers defiance. Four, readiness is everything. Team building, education, inviting people who care for him in the circle. Five, have them share their love and concern by reading their, quote, love letters out loud. And six, and this part is why you are all here. Offer the option of either treatment today or lack of future support for their current lifestyle. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air, if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you, too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.